data, only the best guests to educate our audience. History, unapologetically honest conversations. Welcome to Why Pay, the case for reparations. All right, this is Why Pay Podcast. Uh, we know a lot of people have been asking about it. Uh, my name is Alan Holmes, and uh, a good friend Khalil Hello. English is here. Yes, 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 Khalil, right here. So we are uh, doing this first episode. It's called uh, Racism, Redlining, and Real Estate. So uh, we wanted to talk about how redlining, racial covenants, and other you know, things that the federal government actually pushed reduced the ability of black people to build wealth and, and, and is the leading cause of a huge part of where the gap is now. So we, you know, we, we first want to talk about why we launched it. So Khalil, get into it, man. Let them know why you wanted to, why you wanted to create a podcast and kind of get the content out. I think it's mostly because the education that we've been receiving in this country is just not giving us a full picture of what's been happening. You know, the actual history it, that, that's been happening here, it just seems like everything was equal and across the board and, you know, slavery ended a long time ago and that's the, everything's been hunky-dory so far. And you don't realize how, you know, the, the certain Southern strategy-type forces have been working against Black people this entire time and, is, and, uh, and how much of the information, in fact, has been suppressed by other entities so it'd be nice to have something that can help educate the people and really give a good account out there of what's been going on and a true picture of what america is about at this point and why we actually do still have a claim to have restitution made yeah yeah because i and i i think man and i and i've told people this but one of the reasons that i wanted to launch it and, and you know you and i are connected to do this is because Really, it's about education. Before you talked to me about some of these things two or three years ago, it's like as black people, we know that it's a lot that's wrong and that there's racism, there's um, systematic racism and um, discrimination and how the wealth gap is there and that our families may not have a certain amount of wealth to assist with things. But we, a lot of people don't know the numbers. I didn't know the numbers. I didn't know how bad it was. I didn't know how little progress we have gotten. We've, yeah. we, we've gotten over the last, what, 50 years, really, 60. Yeah. Say 100. And so most people don't know the numbers. And I think once we dig into them, I think we're going to get a lot of people to support this. And, like, all Americans should support it, really. You know, yeah. it's just if you I, he, hear the numbers and – have a heart and understand what's an injustice, they should be supportive of it. And I mean, the fact of the matter is, it's, you know, an organization or entity that has wronged a group, a specific group. And the class action lawsuit should be allowed to be taking place from that group that was wronged from that organizational entity. So, you know, how it's, it's already frustrating, the fact that we have to work this hard to even convince people you know, yeah. that reparations and uh, being uh, made whole from the ills of the past is something that's necessary. I mean, the fact is you did take the land, you made it to where people couldn't invest and make more money and become secure because you wanted them insecure. And then what they want you to make up for it when it's proven that that's wrong, 
you're just looking for a hair down and oh you guys you always got some so, something to complain about it's like okay yeah. come on people yep and i mean so that's that's kind of what we what we hope to achieve and i mean at the end of the day we just hope that there are more people that support reparations and are active with it than we see today because we i feel like every day you have more people understanding the need for it. You have it being discussed in the media more. You have more articles about it. So, yeah, so that's, I mean, that's what we hope to achieve, to push the message. So the first topic, man, is this Business Insider article that um, that was that was posted this year about redlining. So um, it talked about the fact that, I mean, let's get, let's get back into it. You know, FDR, you know, he was president. In the mid-30s, you had a, a war happening. Veterans were about to come home. He said, well, well, we have to do something for them, right? Well, the Homeowners Loan Corporation and other legislation was passed. So it helped the homeownership rate rise, what, 44, 44% in 1940 to 16, 60% in two decades. So it worked for some. Yeah. Then we find out it didn't work for us. We were not able to get the loans. Because they color-coded cities. Red was where we were. No loans. Blue was where the people that were making good salaries and like good parks and good schools lived. It was color-coded and boom, you could risky. Red. And they weren't going to, the thing was like the federal, the Fed wasn't going to back your loan. So they forced it to be risky, even though it wasn't naturally a risky thing. How about we artificially inject risk into the loans for these people and then call them bums for not being able to like get the loans. Yeah. And it's, and so that, that killed us because uh Redfin, they did a study. They analyzed four major metropolitan areas and they found that the typical homeowners in a red neighborhood had about 196,050 in equity since 1980. While a homeowner in a blue coated neighborhood had equity of four hundred eight thousand seventy three. <laughs> That's I mean, uh, this is the so basically a portion of our reparations payment is this gap. This yeah. gap is money. Yeah, in terms of I wealth, mean, and so that's the majority of Americans. The, the wealth that they hold is within their house. I mean, you'll be hard pressed to find a person who has ninety percent of their value in a bunch of bonds and holdings and different companies and stuff. It's mostly people in their housing, you know, from different properties is either passed down or from investments from your property increasing in value, you know, and that's your basis for leveraging small business loans. We all, we talked about this a million times, getting your kid into college and everything. And versus somebody who's got $50,000 in the house, yeah, $80,000, but you've been paying just as long with the higher interest rate, so you actually paid more. And yeah. then there's just nothing you can do about it. Doesn't matter what you what else you did outside of that. You got eighty. This person has four hundred. Ridiculous. Yeah, and it and it. I mean, and look at the look at the home ownership rate. What for Black Americans? It's about forty four percent. White Americans seventy three point seven percent. Can we just can we get to fifty? Or we should ask why we're not at fifty. Well. Yeah, Look and at I these mean, policies. I know people want to act like, uh, well, it's still what they achieved. But are you sitting here trying to neglect or like negate that 
the effect of what that would have on a whole group of people would you purposely as the most powerful country in the world decide, hey, we're not going to allow you to obtain any type of real leverage or capital in your house. We're not going to allow you to gain any type of value in anything you do. And we're going to give these people a chance to do it for 50 years, 60 years first, before we even think about giving you a chance. But if that does happen, still, there's no excuse. Like how, yeah, <laughs> okay, well, show me the people who dealt with the exact same thing, the exact same thing. And right now, it's just doing great, and it's made no difference. You know? I don't want to hear about no damn yeah. people walking in the desert in the year 1400 B.C. <laughs> that doesn't count. It doesn't. <laughs> man. And so the thing, the thing about it is, we still are trying to, re- we're trying to recover from 2008. Because remember, the, the black home ownership rate was the highest a decade before that. And then the 08 crash wiped us out. Yeah, I mean, so it's like, it's almost, yeah, it's like, so it's like that if you look at the black and white home ownership gap, it was always wide, but the best times were the decade before 08, then boom, we got destroyed. So the next thing, man, we need to hit on is, you know, we live in Atlanta. A lot of this redlining, a lot of this, these racial covenants happen in Atlanta. So, Bill Deadman, who was an AJC reporter, did an article back in 1989 on redlining called The Color of Money. They found that Atlanta, Atlanta banks and saving loans institutions had a history of giving loans in even the poorest white neighborhoods, but in many cases did not lend to black residents in middle class or affluent neighborhoods. So, like, we need to understand, I mean, you know the success of Atlanta, a lot of successful people, whether they're CEOs, business people or the work for companies in Atlanta. So you could basically have a black person that's making 70, 80,000, 70, between 70 and 90,000, doing good, doing what they're supposed to do. They don't get a loan, but somebody who's white who might be making 30, 38, and just they do right too. They say they got the loan. Yep. So it's like, it, it's, it's insane to me. And they said that they analyzed in 89, 1 trillion in loan applications. And they found that blacks in Atlanta were rejected at twice the rate of whites. And, uh. and, it, you, get, and you actually, what's crazy is you actually get penalized if you are white and you live in an area that's mixed. In, mixed. So what did they yeah, say? They yeah. said homeowners of any race in upper income areas that are at least 25% minority were rejected at the same rate as home buyers in poor white neighborhoods. Uh, so well. if, it, if, you, if you're a white person who just wanted some diversity, you really wanted to live in an area and just Yeah, leave. you wanted to give back. You really wanted racial equality. They go, you get punished. Like you this get- is the reason that it shows we're actually in a system that is here to make the cause segregation. I mean, that's what the whole point of it. Because there's really no monetary point at this at this at this juncture. I mean, unless you want to talk about, you know, the carceral state and things like that. But let's be real. I mean, you will financially suffer if you want to be in a diverse neighborhood. And it's just a fact. If you could come, if you're a white person, like you said, living in a whole white neighborhood. But you're still cool. You just happened to be there because you wanted to have the nicest house with the most money. And you're like, yo, well, you know what? We're going to take this value. We're going to go over there and we're going to put it in and pay a different school tax bracket. 
you go lose some of that value. We are not going to let you bring that much value to the school district and put it in. You go lose yep. at least twenty percent of it, and that's just how it is. Because you want to, you want to go against us. We'll go against you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, that's how it is. And they, I mean, and 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 this last thing we're gonna hit on before we move to the next topic is, I I don't remember if it's nineteen eighty nine or twenty twenty, but it was a recent study that said high income black Americans were, were rejected more often than low income white Americans in 85 of the hundred largest metro areas in the United States in at least one of the past five years. So it is, it is, the thing is, think about how many people that touches 85 yeah. of the hundred. That means Atlanta. That means DC. That means what Miami, that means San Francisco. That means ev- lots of places, Houston, Dallas, so it really is the whole, like, that's the entire country. Yeah. I mean, from north, south, east, to west, man. But it's um, it's crazy to think about that. But what's crazy is, you know, redlining was supposed to have been, you know, struck down by the courts. State legislatures banned it. Racial covenants mm-hmm. banned it. But, oh, uh, HUD settled with Associated Bank, which was a bank in that 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 service people in Illinois, Minnesota, Wisconsin. They settled with her for 200 million. They discriminated against black Americans, Hispanic Americans, and they denied loans in Chicago, Minneapolis, rest in peace to George Floyd, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Racine, Kenosha, Jacob Blake. Do you see the connection here? Is it, mm-hmm. there's all of a connection and the connection is everything that happened with these police shootings are bad. Plus we see the people in those cities, Kenosha and Minneapolis could not get loans from Associated Bank. They got denied. Yeah. And then they, at the on the back end, they agreed to invest 200 million in increased mortgages to impacted zip codes. Impacted zip codes, yeah. It, okay. After the fact, what no, are we gonna do after the fact? terms, these generic impacted. Okay, what does that even mean? So yeah. you have this varying level that you have to pass in order for you to be considered impacted. So whoever is in that middle spot that's going to be the best for them to, to make money off of, we'll just invest there. So it's an impacted community. It doesn't have to be the one that we impacted. Like yeah, yeah. I robbed you. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to help people who have been stolen from before, okay? Or yep. at least, like, hurt before. And then it just happens to be somebody in my house who yeah. lost five bucks in school once. <laughs> so, therefore, I'm going to help him. He's been impacted, okay? This community, just like how you say with, uh, uh, you know, all out of affirmative action is, like, white women who get the money. Well, technically speaking, you know, the white man, so I think all, I'm just going to give it to my wife. Yeah, she's going to get it because she is a minority. Yeah, and that's and that that I mean, at the end of the day, that's that's what happens. And, and, and just remember, this Associated Bank settlement happened ten, fifteen years ago. Redlining was supposed to be ended when then, so it's still happening. So you still got these big banks making these settlements. So. The next thing is the racial covenants, which really you could say were just as bad as redlining. Because put it like this, Khalil, if you or me was successful 
1944, and we lived in Atlanta, and we were able to buy a house in the West End for 45000 And we had the money. We had to, we, we got approved. But we couldn't buy it because of a racial covenant that said it couldn't be sold to black people. Imagine you not being to buy that house that that house is now worth 350000 because you know that you can buy a house in the West End of Atlanta for three fifty. So just ima- imagine the wealth that you could that you didn't get if you had passed it to your kids and they sold it for four hundred or three fifty. The money they didn't get because you couldn't buy it. So that's mm-hmm. that's like huge. That that is that is that shows how strong our people were actually. That even despite the discrimination. And it was in the and and the violence that everything that was happening, they were still successful at making so much money that you just had to say, "Oh, I won't sell it to them." Oh yeah, yeah, they were like, just get them out of here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like they were still like people was, were achieving. Yeah, whatever used to sound like when it was dogging yeah. us out. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want them in here. <laughs> it is that's that, that, that's how it was, man. It's like we don't want them, yeah. and oh, I mean. Geez. Hey, look, so like, let's, let's... really thinking about us a lot to be in a place where you don't see us at all and we're never around. You're just thinking, well, just in case, <laughs> I do like purity. I just find that that whole concept is yeah. so into purity to where you think about it just just to stop stuff that hasn't even started yet. Yeah. Like, what might happen? <laughs> yeah, they were, and they were losing money. I mean, look. It what in 1946? What is it? 64 uh, percent of residents that in, were in Minneapolis in 1946 who were white said that they wouldn't sell their home to a black person even if they offered more money. So they were willing yeah. to just not get as the maximum, which is How which is crazy right now. Twenty twenty, right? A, yeah, with a person like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like. We don't understand. I, I really don't understand why we shouldn't even have to even have a podcast explaining this. Because if we just know that this was wrong and we just have to, people can make the connection. But what's crazy is what they're doing in Milwaukee is major because, I mean, excuse me, in Minneapolis um, is because they're mapping the parcels. And at least for for, for data, we need to know. Where did this happen? What does the neighborhood look like now? What did it look like then? Maybe there's a connection because that's what the that's what the people in in the fifties wanted it to look like. I mean, uh, I wonder what the issue is when it comes to people, you know, only be, like having this ability to separate this from anything else that happens in nature that's supposed to have a long term effect. They always like talk about the butterfly effect. What butterfly flapped the wings? And the air yeah. moves, hitting this leaf, which hits this, and it ends up being a tornado, right, in Malaysia. So what do you think if, instead of just a butterfly flapping its wings, it's redlining, right? Like, it's really bad stuff. <laughs> yes. Intended to hurt this group, and it just so happens to not just come from a country, but the most powerful, richest country in the history of mankind. That country with the most technology and the most capabilities, and they're the ones who did this effect in the beginning. Don't you think that there would be something residual that would show the fact that that was the intention of the strongest country in the world? You know, you can't sit over here 
yeah, kiss the hands of the country, you know, and like acknowledge how powerful it is, which obviously is extremely powerful. So you can sit here and go, yeah, we're number one and this and that. But then when it comes time for you acknowledging, oh, when a country said, this is what we wanted. Oh, well, that didn't really happen. Yeah. You know, they kind of messed up and it slipped. It's like, no, that's something bad really happened after that. And like that effect can be seen today. You know, yeah, just like when, with Atlanta, with the connector going through downtown to separate everything. And everybody has an issue with the traffic here more so than any other city in the southeast. Yeah, think, think about it. No, now that nobody cares about that is a separating factor, but the residual effects of that has created this weird city that's jammed the traffic up and put everything on your one side because that was the intention. Yeah, you know, sixty years later, you're gonna have to spend the money to remove the highway if you don't like it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, you can't that's, just it's huge, man. It, it's huge, and I mean. Minneapolis, when you look at all the racial covenants they did, they now have one of the lowest rates of black home ownership in America. And so it's crazy that we think about what happened to George Floyd, which galvanized everything, which is sad that it shouldn't have, it shouldn't have damn happened. But you got to think beyond the police brutality, which is terrible. Yeah. You see the racial covenants that Minneapolis was dealing with, which probably had so much spillover. Because if you look at the second issue we're going to look into real quick is Capitol Hill. We were talking about this, the Capitol Hill neighborhood in Seattle. It was an upscale neighborhood in Seattle, and they saw Black people being successful. They saw them getting jobs despite the racism, still getting money. And they knew that they were going to eventually move to Capitol Hill. So you know what they did? They launched a campaign in 1927 to change deeds and insert racial covenants. This was, this was just a neighborhood. They banded together. They got signatures of 984 homeowners. It covered 183 blocks, and they got them all to agree to the racial covenants. That's how committed they were to it. And so, I mean, you got to understand, this is, this is the P- our ancestors had to deal with that. I mean, it ain't as overt as it was then, but we got to understand they dealt with that, and it has to, there has to be restitution for it. Yeah. Money. And I mean, it, yeah. something has happened. I mean, that's the thing. It's that happened, and there was a loss. And right now, somebody is dealing with the loss. I mean, that don't doesn't just disappear out of the economy just because you wanted to. It's yeah. going to be there. So where is it? Where is it showing up? Then I mean, we're saying it's showing up here. We have proof that it's showing up here. But everybody wants to act like, oh, you're just making it up. Where is it then? Something's <laughs> going to be showing up with a group of people somewhere. You know what yep. I mean? Like, you, you make it to where these people uh, just have a magnet of poverty around them everywhere they go. All right, well, you're going to see a magnet of poverty somewhere, right? Or unless we just made that shit up. So yep. where, why is there still poverty? It just so happens to be poverty around the group that you just so happens to be the ones who weren't allowed to get the loans, who just so happened <laughs> to not be able to have anything financial backed by the government, who just so happens to be the ones who were enslaved in the country. None of that has anything to do with each other. They're all independent. That's, have yeah, no that's what we keep effect here. Whatsoever, like zero effect. Like none. Zero. 100%. Nothing. That's now, what we course, keep hearing. People mad about taxes and tea in Boston could have an effect that lasts forever. But, you know, that one day's worth of events that's 
transcended this entire country? What about another event that might have been, you know, a few hundred years? <laughs> yep. I mean, listen, and and so we're going to keep hammering home, man. We're going to wrap it up for the day. But I'm going to say this. The last thing we need to let people know is that Jamie Dimon and the Crooks City Group and these banks that are now trying to close the racial wealth gap and provide more home loans, that's not going to cut it. That clearly yeah. is so we got to understand that. Yes, there's a housing component to this, but first, we the reparations payment must be made. So this, yeah. what they're doing is not reparations. It is yeah, that's a loan. That's business. Yes, giving people loans is you. Your job is selling loans, and we don't actually give you a hundred dollars up front for the loan. Yeah, <laughs> like we take the loan and we pay you the interest, and you make money. How the hell is that helping me? Yes, you're gonna give me a loan. Uh, 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 Give me the house. The house. Give me the house. We need the cash to buy the house so we don't have to get a loan. And so we want to make sure people understand that whatever Citigroup is doing, and we're going to see more proposals come out, right? Because what they're trying to get everybody to do is just stop talking about the cash payments. We just throw these things out here. So what these housing programs are is no substitution for the cash. So we just have to focus on what we need as far as the reparations payments and what these companies are going to roll out and propose is most certainly people don't need to get distracted with it. So we're going to come back, let everybody know uh, that the next episode we're going to be hitting on another topic people need to know about. I mean, you know, like just like you helped me to get to learn about this stuff. We need to get anybody who doesn't understand the data on board with this. You know what I mean? There's enough people yeah. who was like, I wasn't ever against reparations. I just did. Like I said, I, you talked to me, you introduced me to Sandy Darity and other people, tone talks, Yvette Carnell, people who are on topic. And I was just able to, once the numbers started flowing, it's painful to get it and understand. But once you, you see it, you have to then make a shift and demand more. So yeah, that's what we're going to yeah, keep yeah. doing. Yeah, yeah, this, and just push for the fact that this isn't like, you know, we're not going to sit here and allow people to just blame everything that's happened to us on just a personal failing when that's not the case. You know, we're not a culture that's predisposed to violence and all, whatever these people keep making up with us. You know, the 90-something percent of us just go and work and do what we're supposed to do and take care of business. You know, it ain't. Five million black people in jail right now. Yeah. You know, so you know we, it's good to be able to get out there and educate people on the realities of what's going on. That this is a group that's still performing the same functions and is still being able to, you know, effectively succeed in anything if given the opportunity. But the opportunities are just not being given, and it was just, and the data shows it. I mean, yeah. prove it. We're looking at the numbers. They're not even getting the interviews. You know, these people are not getting hired at these tech companies. They're so not. How do you how do you get to get better in tech when everyone else is getting heads up from people who already been in this industry, who's already parents already been working there? Now you got to like you can't even get in. You yeah. know, these are the people they coming in and they're like, you know, they've worked internships and done all these different things and. And, and know the programs for the company that's specific for that particular job. And then you have to sit here, learn from scratch, and then they use it against you. Well, you 
you haven't learned enough. It's like, come on, you really want to help? Give the house. Don't just give the loan. If you really yeah, want to help, give the, the job house. and see if this person can learn. You know, give them a few months. If they just can't get it after six months, trust me, then you can get rid of them. But yeah, because like, yeah, they can get up. Yeah, yeah, because this is a, this is economics, man. It's like, look, we don't need to talk about anything else beyond getting people in a situation where they can make a certain amount of money to sustain themselves. Because we see yeah. the value. I mean, property taxes going up, rent going up, everything's going up. So economically, we need everything to improve for black people significantly. Yeah. Or we I don't even know what we're talking about because yeah. it's just getting harder for people to survive. So, you know, that, yeah. that that's that's the conversation we need to be on. Yeah, um, and then it. let's always let people know to uh, to buy from here to equality by Professor Sandy Darity. Look, we need to make sure it sells out again. What, two, two three months ago, it was sold out on Amazon. And it was yeah. sold out on Barnes and Noble, so we just, they they did another print run. So yeah. we need to get it sold yeah. out again. All right, it sounds like a good plan. Yeah. All right. Well, we will be back in a few weeks with a new episode. This is why I pay the case for reparations. All right, why well, pay? Peace. Mm-hmm.